Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. Well, today I'm so excited to be in studio with Jennifer Kinley, the founder of Kinley Law and PC, the OSHA defense firm, the OSHA girl. That's me. I'm so excited to have you in studio today. And I figured let's just start with something basic and let's tell everybody about what you do and maybe we can we can go into a little bit of a background but maybe you can just explain um, what you guys do at your firm well thank you for having me uh not everybody wants to talk all day about (laughs) osha but i'll i'll make sure everyone understands what it is the occupational safety health administration is the agency either federally or in the states that is really going to mandate how safe your workplace is yeah and i've been fortunate enough for almost 20 years to be practicing in a space where employers need legal, trusted legal advisors and advice to prevent an OSHA investigation or, boy, if they're confronted with one, we get in there and we partner with them to get them out. I love it. Well, you have had, what is it, 22 years of previous experience at big firms, and now you have your own firm and you're really like this go-to you know, across the nation, right, of being that expert for business owners. That is one thing I'm really proud of. I had a great training ground. Let's just start with, you know, big firm culture, the platform of the big firm, the resources of a big firm. They really invested in my learning how to become a skilled OSHA attorney and making it not just a side gig, but really having me marinate in it and it being a true niche focus. Yeah. And three years ago, I had took the big breath and said, I can do this on my own. I can personalize this. I can do this in a nimble, spartan, intelligent way that lets me just focus on all that good background of training and and bring it to Kinley Law and develop a team that wants to just be marinating in OSHA with me all day. Yeah, I love that. Now, I think it's perfect timing. Hindsight, I mean, because of COVID, I'm sure everything in your landscape of OSHA world has completely changed. Do you want to maybe speak to maybe some of the the changes in the past or what people should be looking out in the future? Is that done? What's that landscape look like? Boy, that's an astute question for right now as our president has just announced the end of the pandemic this week. Okay. And yet we have in the state of California – Things still in flux for employers. The guidelines have changed. Mm-hmm. When we went into our holes, our rabbit holes, our homes, our garages, our apartments, I really thought I'd be peaceful and quiet. And little did I know I needed to take the background in um, safety yeah. and health and yeah. the environment and learn how to guide employers on COVID. But the problem was the state of California didn't know how to guide itself. <laughs> and Cal OSHA's the party that, you know, is supposed to enforce safety in the workplace. And everyone was scratching around and looking for someone to just shine a light. Uh, How do employers meet their OSHA obligations? How do they make sure this highly transmissible, terrifying, novel virus is 
kept at bay. Yeah. And so writing the book at the same time. For sure. For sure. And unfortunately, it's not over. Yeah. Joe Biden says it's over, but it's not over for the average employer. And it's every employer in the state of California has this obligation. So right now, the standards board, Mm -hmm. uh, the OSHA standards board is still cobbling. They're still chiseling and they're still trying to write what they're calling the permanent and last Final. Final. We say it and we mean it this time Uh-oh. rule to our standards that are going to govern the next two years and be in place to really give employers a little more flexibility. Okay. So gone are the how much you know cleaning solution are you using? Where's your hand sanitizer? Yeah. Those minute granular details are giving way. And in January, okay. employers are ha- going to have a lot more flexibility to go back to reassessing the hazard that's unique to their workplace nice. and having a, 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 a scaled back but still intelligent plan to keep transmission low. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I'm, I'm relieved that we're almost to the end yeah. because there's nothing worse for an attorney and a trusted advisor to not be able to always have the most current answer. Yeah. The frustration out in every industry, small and large, is but, but I'm hearing rumbles. Is, are things changing? Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, what, what's changing? I can't tell you. I don't know yet, yeah. but I think I know. And so we're getting there. And I think by November, okay, early December, okay. the the business owners and people in the state of California are going to have a good idea of what they have to do for the next two years on COVID. Excellent. So where will they find this information? Great question. <clears throat> if they don't have a, an OSHA advisor, okay. the, I guess you'd call it the website mm-hmm. for OSHA, Cal OSHA. It's not as updated as you'd like and as frequently as I'd like, but it's a start. If okay. you just want to poke around, they do a nice job of listing the facts. You know, what what are the basics that an employer must have um, for COVID? But also, the really we're going back to the really basics now, which yeah. is there are certain things employers really have to have in place that have nothing to do with COVID. Right. And that's still a good resource, but... It, it, we're, I, I like that we're coming back to a place where the injury illness prevention plan yeah. and your core mission statement yeah. that broadly and, and also as minutely as it can speaks to your, your safety program and culture is kind of where we're getting back to. Great. And the word COVID might not even find its way into that paper. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. How can a business owner be prepared today so that they know what these standards are. They're going to go to that that site. Would they reach out to someone like you? Um, where would they begin? Well, it's it's difficult to be a business owner. Yeah. And you delegate things like HR, risk management. You delegate to those folks, and you assume that they know which drawer to pull to find. Did a, did a standard change overnight? Probably. Yeah. A lot of times the workers' comp insurance carriers okay. will drive a bus, a little bit of a bus into this business okay. and leave a little bit of crumb. The, the problem is in California, particularly, you're required to have this injury illness prevention plan and it has to be really specifically tailored. Mm-hmm. It can't be a cookie cutter, uh, you know, generic one that any employer can just pass to the next employer. OSHA really expects these business owners to be um, setting out their business plan. So if you go to the website, yeah. they have a model, yeah. kind of a template. Okay. I 
highly discourage anyone in business, HR, thinking about writing one or revisiting one to maybe not have counsel. Just someone perhaps, if not counsel, that really is dedicated in your business Mm -hmm. to constantly watching for revisions, interpretations. Things change so rapidly in the OSHA standards world. So those are the resources you have available. Oh, I love that. So I know we we talked previously and you said that you've had some great experiences. Maybe you can just explain what you've done for maybe one of your clients in the past. And and of course, please keep the name uh, confidential for, for the show, but just maybe talk about how you've been able to save someone in that situation. So the situations I get brought into are twofold. Okay. One is preventative. Yeah. That's where we really open the kimono and decide if it's safe. Yeah. Do you have your standards and your are you putting them in practice? Are you yeah. implementing them? Can you demonstrate that when it's time to show OSHA? So not only do you have that written in the employee handbook and people can understand it, but are they applying it like middle management? Are they actually following through with what those guidelines are? Is what you're saying. True. And that sometimes okay invites a peek at leadership and are people leaning into your safety culture Mm. or is it really just um, perfunctory and you are going to be sorry if it is Mm. because those are the kinds of companies where things and accidents happen I think I think the most rewarding and exciting way I've I've really assisted and partnered with an employer is in situations in crisis okay so the second avenue that um, people find their way in my direction would be that they've had, unfortunately, a significant, serious accident or illness at their workplace. Yeah. Or worse, a fatality. Yeah. How would they handle that? How they handle that. And when do they call you? Let's say someone dies. Right. And, you know, people go into business not <laughs> expecting to have someone die at their workplace, right. die in front of their coworkers. Perhaps yeah. it's even a coworker they hired or knew. Right. It's a very uh, difficult time yeah. for and even the most astute person running the business or HR or safety. And no one wishes upon that. No one wishes it upon it. And I've, I have been a part of that immediate acute investigation. I've oh, traveled wow. all across the country in response to hearing about some, some kind of tragedy. And the mm-hmm. value of that very early collaboration is this is going to be an investigation. It's going to have some potential criminal component to it mm-hmm. if there's a finding that that accident or fatality was the result of true reckless disregard of safety by management. Mm. And so a very careful preparation for when OSHA is ready to do their inspection yeah. is important. I I had the, I always meet these clients in a sad moment mm-hmm. and we get past it. Yeah. And then we start preparing. And I met a incredible woman in San Diego. She had built a business with her family. Yeah. She'd been in business for years and years, and her husband had died and left it to her. And she was running out of the heart to keep it. Got it. And one thing she was proud of is that under her husband's watch, there had never been a a broken fingernail, right? Love that. Yes. They they ran their safety program. Then they had the unthinkable happen, and they had someone die, and they had someone die very badly in front of a lot of coworkers. Oh, no. And this... I was I was referred to her. My name came up, and it was it was obvious that she wanted she wished she had already closed the business. It wouldn't happen, yeah. and she was going to go through a process she was just not prepared for. Yeah. By the time we did the right things and reconciled mm-hmm. the issue of the fatality and then the, the health and mental health of the coworkers that yeah. witnessed it, 
we got right to business with making her understand what to expect with the OSHA investigation. We worked, I partnered with her 24 hours a day to make sure that what she was about to open her drawers and show Cal OSHA was going to be a game changer. And we needed to do it right. We needed to make sure everyone was prepared. Mm -hmm. By the time we got to the point where Cal OSHA was actually investigating, she was so prepared that the result was an almost, um, well, thank you, we've investigated and we find no violations. Wow. That's a rarity in a, in a, site, a situation where we have a fatality. Yeah. And, you know, one of the rewarding things was she came to me and told me that it had been a long time since she's looked at the safety of people and the safety program as directly related to the people she loved at work so much. Yeah. And then it re-inspired her to reinvest, put some capital into it, hire a safety person and stay with the business. And she still checks in with me just to say, we are using the safety program you helped us implement. Mm-hmm. And I I am so delighted I'm taking this company in a safer direction. That's that, amazing. I, I can't possibly think of how my time at the big firm would ever have led to moments like that where we mm-hmm. turn corners yeah. that matter and send people home safer the next day. I love that. Yeah. So, okay, so let's take that same scenario, and we have a lot of business owners that listen to our show, and so I think it's really fun if we kind of dial it back and say, okay, what are things that they can do to prepare themselves? And that seems like that's not, that doesn't happen all the time. People don't pass away on the job, but something ahead of time. So if something does happen at work and they're like, they might have OSHA coming in or having someone investigate, do they just, um, do they contact you? Oh, I mean, what's what's some of the um, preventative steps or at what point do they want to make sure that they're taken care of? Is it too late to call you at that point? I mean, what what's some advice for a business owner? So going into business in California and really, you know, outside of California, you're likely to be governed by federal OSHA standards. Yeah. And you still are required even in those states, and I handle all, all of that work, to have the idea of knowing what does my safety program have to have in it? Yeah. That's derivative of what are the risks that my job creates for the employees. So if you have, I think my first bit of advice is always have somebody that is your risk assessor, mm-hmm. job hazard, hazard assessments, and then knowing what the law says you have to have in your plan yeah. and really putting that together. There are, there are great OSHA safety consultants that aren't attorneys. They're not yeah. going to be necessarily prepared to take this to trial or an appeal that makes sense or know the affirmative defenses that are jeopardized during an investigation Mm. but as any business owner including myself i i had to kind of look to somebody more learned than i on the topic of what are my osha obligations right as far as when to call an an attorney and start developing an attorney client privileged over over your own internal investigation that should be moments after you you know wrap your arms around the important things i really have a harder time shaping the narrative and and asserting what are very technical affirmative defenses when the employer has been chatting with osha for half an hour yeah and they've oh, right. they've they've turned over records or they've made some statements that they didn't know to appreciate yeah we're going to be damaging to their defenses yeah. and may result in a much higher penalty and a much higher um you know, a, a, a far larger hill to climb. Yeah. And since they're in fatality world, there are 
managerial risks for um, misdemeanor prosecutions, yeah. having counsel of some kind get involved to protect you is, is my greatest recommendation. Oh my gosh, I love that. So where do you, what do you think we going from here? Like what is, what is next steps? How do we, where do we plan for next? So as we, so, you know, quote unquote, end our pandemic yeah. and we go back to what is my workplace obligations for yeah. a safe environment? We're going to go back to really focusing on that injury illness prevention plan. Okay. I can't stress enough. It is should be your shield as an employer, as a business owner. Yeah, it's your shield because it required you or someone you designated to really thoughtfully plan the safe environment you're going to give your your workplace. But more importantly, when it's time for Cal OSHA or a federal agency to look at what your mission statement was, yeah. that it reflect your actual business. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to be going back to good old fashioned uh, job hazard analysis. And that's going to actually have a small COVID component because transmissible diseases are still something that the employer has to consider. And if you have things, a type of work environment where transmission between people is very, very common and very easy, you might need to keep your COVID protocols in play. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think we're going to dance into 2023 with a greater emphasis on that injury illness prevention plan. Okay. And as we see the standards board start to come up with some new um, standards that might affect whether you have to have workplace violence rules, I'm watching all of those, and I continue to update and send bulletins to my my advisor or my clients, and I think we're going to go back to just focusing on what's really needed in the workplace for safety. I love that. That's so great. I feel like as soon as I'm done here, I'm going back to check and see when's the last time I've updated mine and making sure that it's up to date because... I honestly, I I have to check on that. You should, because that date on that piece of paper, that's considered uh, something, one of the first things OSHA will look at is how old is this, you know, safety program? Wow. When's the last time someone put fresh eyes on it? Yeah. What's, what's a industry and industry standard tip like every two years? I recommend to my clients that their IIPP, that's the short term for injury illness prevention plan, Uh be reviewed, quote, periodically. Some industries do a lot of changing in terms of introducing new things that bring new risks. Every single time your business invites a new process, buys a new piece of equipment yeah. that creates a new danger. Oh, interesting. You have to, at that point, stop and reassess what do we have in place for safety? Do we need to train and address this new piece of equipment that brings a whole new wow. hazard? So a lot of employers, maybe like a law firm, you know, they might dust that sucker off once a year. Okay. There are definitely industries that um, change their workforce, their work process. Yeah. And every moment that that happens, I really strongly recommend that a revisit of the safety program happen. I love it. That's so great. I mean, and that's a good tip because you're saying at the end of the day, it's more specific to your industry and what you're doing. So it makes sense. If, if you're like in myself in finance, Maybe it's a little bit different. It's that annual. But then if you're the hard hats out there doing something a little bit more dangerous and you're changing that safety um, feature or buying a new piece of equipment, that makes sense to have it more frequently looked at. Definitely. You, I think most employers know if they're in the higher hazard um, right. industry. But, yeah. you know, the typical warehouse manufacturing distribution, 
I work so closely with those clients, not just when we're in, in some trouble, yeah. but as a preventative nature, because they do often ad- adopt and adapt. Yeah. And they often make changes to the environment that bring a risk they really hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And I really like getting ahead of risk. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of being proactive yes. all the time versus reactive. And then that way, why do you have to go through so much stress when you can just take a couple steps ahead of time to just make sure things are in place and they're put together. But like you said, I love the other tip that sometimes you don't know what's going on. You didn't realize that you did something that's in violation. You didn't understand, you know, it, it's been out of date. So it's not too late to call someone like yourself and just make sure that, you know, you can get some advice before you're handing everything over to OSHA for any type of investigation. So these are fantastic tips for people out there and you're a great resource. How do people find you and your firm? Well, Kinley Law is uh, got its website up and running. My email address is Jennifer with one N at Kinley Law. And our telephone number is 949-234-7444. We are in the San Juan Capistrano area and we, um, we really have, a, I have a team of Paralegals that are just completely devoted to knowing and understanding the unique ways that the OSHA appeal needs to be handled, nice. the deadlines, the unique issues. Um, and I also just really recommend to business owners, they remember that the men and women that are at their business doors to investigate are people who yeah. really care about the safety. They're to be treated with a lot of respect. And I find that a lot of business owners take a very defensive or dim view mm. and you know they want a relationship too that yeah. gets us through this investigation together yeah. Yeah. and I think having uh, the right temperament and the right skill and appreciation for what their job is and how they're doing it is extremely important. Do you have any stories or experiences that that's made a difference? I do I have um, I have a I have a recollection of a time where I had a client contact me after he'd been the investigation had started. Okay. He was not letting the co-show or the inspector into the business. Yeah. He was intentionally misleading the inspector. Uh-oh. He was verbally abusive. I, I think he really didn't appreciate that they have jurisdiction and authority um, granted to them by the state of California to really conduct this inspection. Mm. And he was on the verge of getting, um, you know, a, a court order. And wow. Was he more defensive and just... He was scared or speculative. I think he had reasons to be yeah. concerned. He, yeah. he did not. He was not prepared for an inv- investigator to see his business environment or his safety program. Got it. And he was in a delay mode, but it was almost too abusive. Mm. And unfortunately, when that gets kicked off, it means that when he did have the sense to maybe uh, step away and get someone objectively yeah. to look at it. The damage was done, yeah. and there was very little forgiving. Makes sense. Um, although I considered the, the the legal and the investigative teams at OSHA to be, they're not retaliatory in that way. Yeah. But it it the does <laughs> they're people, but it does it it does kick things off, you know, poorly. Mm. And at some point, I try to negotiate a settlement for these clients. Yeah. And one of the factors that is looked at penalty wise is the good faith that the employer showed. Interesting. And it's actually a, an adjustment on a penalty if you show good faith. So wow. I I hope that um, business owners confronted for the first time don't do a knee-jerk, 
reaction of I, I'm, I'm going to batten down the hatches and I'm yeah. going to close my doors and hang up on them or not call them. Wow. Uh, those have proven to be pretty, a pretty poor outcome for those employers. Wow. So a good piece of advice is call someone like yourself <laughs> ahead of time. It's not too late. It's okay. not. I love that. Uh, is there anything else that you feel like the audience needs to know or a great takeaway or another story just to kind of, I don't know, I feel like you're such a great wealth of knowledge to have you in studio. And so, you know, this is totally out of scope of what I do day in and day out. So I'm just enjoying every bit of this knowledge. And it helps me when I hear things like this from clients, we can point them in the right direction. So it's just a great value add. And I just... If there's anything else you feel like I'm missing or people need to know that I'm not asking. Well, thank you. I think I think if a, a great maybe final takeaway okay. for anyone who really has zero experience mm-hmm. with with OSHA is if you are a business and particularly if you have 10 or more employees, okay. you have some obligations that rest on you mm-hmm. to um, demonstrate both in writing and demonstrate both in your practice that you have addressed the hazards in your workplace. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds daunting to yeah. some businesses, yeah. and particularly if they're busy and they're making great money and they think, well, I'll put that in the line item budget next year. Right. I, I can't recommend enough the importance and value. It's maybe perhaps like a trust attorney or an estate attorney who says, I can't implore you to wait until you die before right. you make your will. Yeah. Uh, I really think employers can have an incredible shield. It doesn't have to be complicated and you know, a manifesto. It yeah. just needs to be targeted. And I really encourage uh, anyone who has their obligation in California or outside to, again, have a at least periodic review of how are we doing with a safety program and what's your mod rate with people getting, you know, if you have a lot of workers' comp claims, yeah. um, sometimes those are going to lead to an, an OSHA investigation. Mm. So knowing what your rights are, what your obligations are, and um, you know, having someone that you can rely on when it hits the fan is always good too. I love that. Well, this is such a great experience today. I'm so glad that you came in and this has been a lot of fun and I feel like I've, I've learned some, some, a whole handful of notes that I'm ready to go to take back and I appreciate you being in here. So thank you. Thank you, Tish. I really loved being here. I loved talking about OSHA. I could do it all day. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Wonderful. Well, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value.